1: When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420, The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.
2: Good afternoon, everybody. Beautiful day here in uh, Cleveland. sun's actually shining. What a good, good concept. Let's uh, start with some just Neat quotes. Sometimes we just have to let things go. Life is not a problem to be solved, but a reality to be experienced. Life isn't about finding yourself, life is about creating yourself. And then one last one enjoy the little things in life, for one day you may look back and realize they were big things. (laughs) There we go. Anyway. You know, I always talk about uh, if you want to have a conversation, uh, you want to sit down and talk about your portfolio or a wealth plan. You know, we we constantly – one of the things I like about our wealth plan is that it's interactive. Uh, You know, I I had a gentleman uh, I was talking to Friday, and we were sitting down and we were looking at uh, the computer, and he said, well, what if I spent this much money? And, you know, he has a very small amount, you know, he's, he's talking about like maybe $20,000 a year. And I said, well, what if you spent this much money and still make it? He had no problem. And, uh, <laughs> he said, okay, let's change it. And, uh, I thought that was kind of interesting simply because, uh, you know, he had, he had a thought process that I, I got to save, 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 save. And then he realized how much money he had and he said, Hey. I could spend a little bit. All right. So he's actually, he's, he's, he's got grandkids who are, want to go to Disney world. So, uh, to take them to Disney world, you know? So that's kind of neat. Anyway, uh, if you want to sit down and talk and, and talk about a wealth plan or, uh, you know, I talked about the family inventory, well, uh, book last week and, and, um, uh, I, I talked to a young lady this week who's very thankful that I sent her husband that and he finished it, uh, cause he died. And, uh, now they know where everything is it's It's really kind of a neat thing, so I highly recommend that too. Uh, but we we have stuff like the dividend growth portfolio, you know, and by the way, in a down eighteen and a half market it was down like two and a half percent and the prime income list, which was actually flat. and we have other people who that, that manage money for us that were up for the year. Let me repeat that we're up for the year and uh, they've uh, a couple of them have done. Uh, really good seminars for us throughout the Cleveland area over the past 10 years. So if you'd like it, you just go to WHK 1420. Hit the, you know, the, oh, uh, contact me or, you know, see me or whatever. There's all sorts of email things on there uh, and we can set up an appointment. Remember, you know, we've talked to, I've talked about uh, people who own companies and, you know, one of the things we do for the people who are our clients who own companies there's a lot of a lot of guys want to get out okay and they want to get out they sell it to private equity private equity wants to buy your company as cheaply as possible they're you know they're trying to rip you off that's what it comes down to and then sell you know build up the cash flow and sell it at a huge cash flow multiple what we can do is give you a pretty good idea of what the market's going to pay for that company of yours Right. And we can also, you know, we, we have people who can help you sell it. You know, simple as that. We also have uh, Dane Topic over at Dunbar and Bender, who is an expert on retirement plans. And, uh, you know, he's done some marvelous things as far as helping people put away more money. And uh, <laughs> the more money you put away, uh, it's interesting, the more money you put away in a tax deferred scenario where Uncle Sam can't get to it faster it grows what a surprise huh and and also you can ask the dividend growth the you know our ADR list uh I'm gonna talk about that going forward but um uh, so you know I, I was looking and uh well, first of all I gotta say this is a live show so if you want to you got a question 216 901 that's 216 and Lenny will pick you up and we'll take it from there but look um I think there's four big things to know. And, you know, first, if you look at the recent, you know, uh, sector moves, uh, what we've seen in the past, you know, it's it's very consistent with what we've seen with past uh, bed hikes. Okay. Um, you, you've, you've had situations where, uh, you know, these things have moved back and forth. Uh, I mean, uh, sectors move back and forth, but as we're coming, you know, to, to what we think, consider the end of the Fed hit, uh, rate hikes, it's a very positive scenario. And uh, the other thing we're seeing is that the analysts out there are not bringing down the the earnings as far as we thought they would. Uh, so the earnings are holding up fairly well. Um, now, that, that how long that lasts, we don't know. But uh, I will say this, you know, the Fed – You know, the big question is, you know, that we had this uh, employment number, which, by the way, if you were listening to the show, Tom Porcelli, our chief U.S. economist, has been saying that November and December were two of the biggest months in the history of the United States of America for forming new companies. They're going to hire people. So the point is, there's a lot of people thinking that we had this big payroll number. uh, And by the way, 63 percent of all the hiring was in healthcare, education, leisure and hospitality. That's that's the group that got hit the hardest in the pandemic, by the way, all right? So if you're expecting the Fed to respond aggressively, that probably would have happened 500 or 5 percentage points ago, basis points is what we call them in the business here. So, you know, what happened next month? The payrolls downshifted back to fall in line, would have been a fairly consistent, you know, month-over-month showing in August. You know, but now it's just a matter of, hey, we were in a situation where we had two big months of new companies, uh, which also means probably you're not going to have a problem with um, a recession. OK, you know, with all the government spending coming and, and new, new businesses being formed, the recession doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I mean, we could have a big slowdown, which we're starting to see, but uh, I don't know about the recession, but the January... Re- jobs report was very strong obviously and, and made the fed wary which you know look we've we've broken the downtrend line on the dow first and then it was small caps and now it's the s&p 500 so what happens when you break a downtrend line you go up for a while and then you come back and test and i think that's what we're going to do all right so you know the 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 jobs report was 517,000 jobs versus what was expected, 188,000. So that's a bit of a difference. So, uh, you know, and was it too much of a good thing? Does it rest, Does it risk an es- escalation of the Fed? I don't know. The, you know, uh, this naturally raises some potential, you know, for Powell to, to tilt more hawkishly. Uh, he didn't do that, though. So, you know, he spoke last week uh, at a forum, and he didn't really get, too aggressive so um you know i thought that was interesting and well but look the, the equities immediately went under pressure and then they rallied friday so and you know so it's what we're seeing is we're, we're rallying in the morning giving it back in the afternoon that type of thing so i think investors you know who have been calling this a, a bear market trap Uh, You know, might be changing their mind a little bit, but we'll see. You know, we'll we'll take it from there. Uh, I I noticed the bullish percent, you know, which had 64, remember last week, was down almost three percentage points this week. So, But the one thing I am noticing is the fourth quarter earnings per share misses are punished far less than they were in the third quarter. You know, the average punishment is about 1%, where it was two, three and a half. Uh, suggesting, you know, a lot of this is pr- priced in. And, and year-to-date, equity gains are plus 5%. Uh, and, and what I'm also seeing is a lot of people are questioning what the P.E. ratio is. You know, what's the P.E. ratio going forward? And, you know, Lori Calvestina talked about that. And she's also seeing that the small caps uh, kind of led – this thing and small caps and mid caps are still in a column of X's right at the moment. Uh, and you know, that's something to pay particular attention to. So, but you know, stocks have been soft over the past week as, as the, you know, the market debate, the trajectory of inflation, uh, you know, there's, there's pressure out there because of the inflation and particularly in wages. Okay. But even as the fed inflation narrative is debated, um, the s is up eight percent since you know the, the December. Actually, since September when I came on, and I said I think we're at a bottom. Um, you know, we're up about almost ten percent. All right, so look, uh, you know, a lot of people think that you know the we're, we're the sixteen to seventeen times earnings we are right now is too high. So we'll see what happens. But uh, if if we do this right. Um, and we just say 16, 17 times earnings, it implies the S&P 500, 4,800. So we'll see what happens, all right? Um, now, I, I've been talking about ADRs, so I'm going to step back a little bit. They've come very far, very fast. And, uh, you know, they've come from depressed levels, okay? So they, the one thing that kind of bugs me is they, they haven't really broken the downtrend line on a relative strength basis versus the S and P 500 they're at the line, but they haven't broken it yet. So I think they're going to pull back. It was a very powerful rally. Uh, you know, it was, it was based on the dollar dollar rallied a little bit Friday. So, uh, well, that's the type of stuff we got to think about, you know, uh, look, this is all a chess match. Okay. And, uh, Somebody asked me, I mean, Tim, how, how do you deal with the volatility? Well, last year, you know, we hung in there pretty well, except for our growth stocks. Our growth stocks got beat up a little bit, but they are still going to be. Look, if, if I if I'm right on this secular bull market, and I, I think I am, I don't say that on the air unless I'm, I think I'm right. And by the way, I'm, it's not it's just, just Tim, It's you know, Rob Schleimer and some other very, very intelligent people, um, you know, we. we we talked about if we just went up 2,000% from the low, which occurred in 2009, same thing happened in, in 1929 and, and nineteen in the 1960s, you know, 2,000 would be thirteen thousand five hundred, fourteen thousand 14,000 on the S&P 500. That's a long way from here. That's a, you know, that's, that's almost two and a half times from here. So we, we could have uh, some interesting things going on, and I think Europe will participate. So... If you'd like our ADR list, you know, you go to WHK 1420, hit the con, go to local podcast down to smart investor show. It goes directly to my webpage. Hit the contact me, email me, that type of thing. Okay. Now, one of the things that people aren't talking about, and I think we, you know, look, I think you got to position your portfolio. Well, actually, I I talked with a a gentleman on Thursday afternoon at Starbucks in Westlake, and very smart guy. He's, He's been following me for a long time, and uh, which is nice. I appreciate it. He's, uh, and he's a smart guy. I mean, this guy owns a couple of businesses, and he's, he's no dummy. And he said, why do you keep talking about the dividend growth and the prime income list? It's just that's kind of a boring way to make money. And I think, uh, Ed, if you're out there, Ed, and everybody else out there, I think you've got to position your portfolio for what – I believe my friends at Fundstrat, they called the silver tsunami that's stocks for an aging america okay look you know when china acknowledged it, its population had shrunk uh, shrunk for the first time since 1961 that was big and china is far from alone the so-called silver tsunami is probably going to hit all the wealthy companies uh, countries i mean japan finland italy portugal france and the united states you know but there's, there's, a, it's okay to bring in immigrants, you know, the proper way, okay. You know, my great grandfather was an immigrant, okay, he came from Ireland, right. So the point is, we need immigration to keep, uh, you know, population going. So, the the U.S. population is not shrinking yet, but it's headed in that pop that direction, okay. Population growth has slowed since 1990. And you know, it. it, I think it in the 2000 area, it grew 1.5 percent. In 2010, it was less than one. And I I don't know what the numbers were just recently, but they were they were pretty low. So, one of the things you have to be thinking about is, you know, if your neighbor's 58, what's he doing? He's he's trying to kill the volatility. You're never going to do that, by the way. The market's going to do what it's going to do. Now you can cut it down pretty drastically. My friends at Marshfield were up seven percent last year, six point two five after uh, fees. Okay, the, the the dividend growth portfolio was only down three percent. The prime income list was basically even. All right, I had another money manager who, you know, I'm not allowed to. I, I just I just won't. I'm allowed to, but I'm just not going to mention their name. They were up two and a half percent. All right, so there are people out there that know how to handle volatility. So. Look, I think what you have to be thinking about is with your portfolio. Like right now, I've been talking to some people, and I'm thinking maybe the 60-30-10 uh, you know, rule is coming back. Okay, Bonds have broken their downtrend line. The yields have broken their downtrend line, and we're going forward. So you know, it's the pyramid approach. You know, your, your, your bottom of your pyramid is the most big, your biggest rocks, your most solid performers. And that can be bonds. That can be high-quality stocks. Your next part of your, your thing is your trend. You're following trends. Okay. Then, you know, you, you a little bit more risky and then your Vegas money at the, is the tip of the, uh, the pyramid. Okay. So, you know, don't forget, uh, what's going on. Now, look, clairvoyance does not exist in the equity market, no matter how many gurus you see on TV, but the indicators are about they abound, okay? The yield curve inversion leads to recession, returns deteriorate with inversion sometimes. That's what happened this year, okay? So, you know, and by, by the way, there's a, the spread between high yields and the treasuries have really shrunk, which probably means is positive things for high yield, all right? So these are all indicators. The, the number of new lows hitting a new low, isn't that interesting? The number of new highs breaking out. The put the call ratio that, that was way over the, any number I'd ever seen in the first week of January, those are all indicators. Those are things that we can follow. You know, the bullish percent turn it up into a column of Xs. So these are the type of things that you can follow to cut down volatility, okay? And that's, that's what's important here, I think. look, the Fed funds rate didn't persist above inflation in 1980. It did. It's the only time. Alright, let's take a break. Remember, the number here is 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Have you seen that
0: girl in the corner? I'd like to
4: Hey friends, what you doing for lunch today? Brown bagging in the break room? That's okay, but can I make you a better offer? How about joining the herd and heading to Harry Buffalo on Great Northern Boulevard in North Olmstead? Have you seen the menu at Harry Buffalo? Oh my, an incredible assortment of mouth-watering options. Sandwiches, wings, bowls, salads... Tacos, pizza, and the Burger Bonanza, the best burger menu in Northeast Ohio, especially if you make it a bison burger. And if you can't get out for lunch, then stop by for the Harry Buffalo Happy Hour, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7, with great food and drink specials every day. And who wants to cook tonight anyway? Stop out for dinner and indulge in an amazing selection of entrees. My favorites, the Lake Erie Perch. And the chicken parm is to die for. And remember this. If you go to HarryBuffalo.com and join the herd as a subscriber, you'll get a free appetizer along with all the latest buff news and specials sent directly to you for your next visit. So remember, whether it's lunchtime or dinnertime or happy hour time, it's always a great time when it's Harry Buffalo time on Great Northern Boulevard in North Olmsted. Listen to this station anytime, anywhere on Odyssey. Odyssey is your new audio home for all the music, news, sports, and podcasts that matter to you. Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y.
2: Alright, we're back. Just tuned in. This is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. And guess what tomorrow is? <laughs> if you haven't been a You know, inundated by stuff about the Super Bowl, we should talk about the Super Bowl indicator. Now, what it says is, and by the way, this was designed, or this was brought up by a sports writer from the New York Post, I believe. Or maybe it was New York Times, I can't remember. But he noticed that when the original NFL teams won, the market had a really good year. And when the AFC teams won, or AFL, uh, they had a really bad year in the market. So root for the Eagles <laughs> is what it comes down to. Bet your money on the Eagles uh, so we can have a really good year. We'll take it from there. Uh, you know, I, I thought it was interesting. Um, I, I had a conversation and I, sh- I showed some guys some returns. And like I said, the, 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 the returns were uh, didn't look so good uh, You know, back in November. And now they creeped up and – we barely had a down year, is what it came down to. So uh, th- things are were fairly interesting, I think, uh, going into this, um, and it- it'll be interesting going further. I think if we if we continue along this path, you know, where the Fed may may not do anything next next month, or may just be another quarter point, but um, there is a lot of spending going on. Okay. I mean a lot of spending going on and it's government spending and it's new companies. Remember a lot of companies shut down in the pandemic and and a lot of people have that entrepreneurial spirit and they're coming back. All right? They see they see the light at the end of the tunnel. So don't forget that. So look, I think there's continuing technical evidence of a cycle low. Uh the short-term indicators are kind of peaking, though, okay? But if I look at the monthly momentum indicators, they're, they're as low as I've ever seen them, all right? And the S&P 500, you know, was at the top of the trend line, as I said last January, we were way up at the top. And the difference is this time is usually when we've been at the top, we've had a couple whoopses, and then we've continued to go up, and then we've had a couple whoopses, and then we get eventually... In a sideways to up pattern, we eventually get to the bottom of the, uh, the uh, trend line. This time we went straight down because the Fed was very aggressive. And I didn't see it coming. Uh, I, th- I think there was one strategist, and uh, I-, I think he was fairly aggressive on being negative for a pretty long time. But we are at the bottom of the trend line. So getting bearish at this point, folks, is not a good idea. This is the time you want to be buying great stocks. And look, I'm not saying they're going up right away. As I said, I think there's going to be a sawtooth move probably into the, to the, you know, second or third quarter, maybe even the fourth quarter. And, it, you know, you'll have up moves and we'll pull back, and up moves and we'll pull back. And look, we've broken the downtrend line. The major resistance was at 4,100. We broke through that. We got up to 40. or uh, 41.80 or think it was, and now we're pulling back a little bit. That is normal. You know, the short-term momentum indicator is a little bit overbought. I don't think it's going to be a big thing, but whenever you break a downtrend line, you go back and test it, all right, just to make sure that nobody can sleep, (laughs) you know. Uh, But we did take out, you know, it was a triangle pattern. So, we had a higher low, and we had a series of lower highs. And when you break through that, that's usually meaning you've gone from a bear to a bull. Now, it doesn't happen right away. As I've said, bull, you know, uh, bottoms are usually messy. They'll drive you crazy. They'll make you nuts. Remember, the stock market is designed to make sure the least amount of people make money. Okay? Only the people that have the intestinal fortitude to go out and buy things when they're down. That's the guys that make the 20, 30% a year. And I think in the next couple of weeks, you're going to have that opportunity. Uh, I had to, I kind of had to wait because I, I, you know, you get, it's amazing. My, my energy stocks and my financials have gone crazy. Okay. Uh, My technology stocks got beat up a little bit. Now I've been up and on them for a long, long time. So there we go. But the ten-year yield found great support at three forty. I mean, it, it bottomed there four or five times and has now picked up a little bit. Uh, the dollar had good support. I guess you'll call it right at one hundred point eight point nine maybe, and has turned up a little bit. So, you know, th- those were with yields going up. You know, they, they kind of scared people with the dollar going down. That really helped the ADR system. You know, the ADRs out there, the foreign stocks. Now, if it Perks up a little bit. That'll they'll pull back a little bit. But just remember, February seasonally suggests a near-term pullback in equities. January, we're up almost six percent. You know, as goes January, goes the year. February pulls back. March and April are good. May You pull back. You know, summer months are kind of up and down. Uh, but February has t- traditionally been not so hot a week. I mean, a month. I'm sorry. So you know, that's something to remember. Keep that in the back of your mind um you know it's funny because uh, uh, you know people start to get really really bearish right about now and I don't know why but remember and I and I'm gonna keep talking about this until I'm you know you're sick of hearing me and you will change channels <laughs> we have generational cycles okay these are called secular bear and secular bull markets we just got over secular secular Bear in 2016, just you know, basically as the election hit. So we probably have 16 to 18 years. That means somewhere around 2034, this thing should be over. So you probably have a, a bunch of good years. Now this is a little bit different, simply because the government has spent so much money. Okay, It's been 7.7 trillion dollars in two years, and you know that's that's something the the, the Fed wasn't expecting. But look, like I said, if you just go up two thousand percent, and the other two secular bull markets have been twenty three hundred percent, we're looking at thirteen fifty to fourteen hundred on the on the Dow Jones. So that that's that's impressive, you know. Uh, it's something that you know you you have to pay close attention to, and it's and it's something I think that people don't get. Uh, you know, it's going to be a big bull market. Okay, now people. I have people telling me right now, you know, Tim, I'm scared. I understand that. Okay. And it's your retirement money. I understand that too. But you said Marshfield was up six. Prime income list was flat. The dividend growth portfolio was down about 3%. Those are things you can live with because the next move up, is going to be significant. Okay. It's going to be significant. Now it doesn't mean with yields, in the short-term yields the two to five years are up at like four and a half percent and you know maybe that's where you put your money for a short period of time you know maybe you start moving to the 60 30 10 portfolio but just remember bonds were down 17 percent last year I mean the high yields were down 25 26 so you know bonds can lose money all right if you're if you need the money to retire on. Okay, so if, if 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 you're going to hold the bond till maturity, you won't lose money. You'll lose maybe some uh, interest. We call it interest rate risk, as we call it. But in the meantime, um, you know you you got to remember uh, there is, shall we say, um, uh, we'll we'll just say there's a, a, there's opportunity out there right now. Okay, in, in the stock market. So we'll just leave it at that. Um, what else is going on? Uh, so, you know, we were looking at some things uh, that I think are interesting. And, but, look, I think what we're going to do is we're going to go back and test that line again. And the areas we talked about I think are still important. The semis have broken their downtrend line. Oil stocks and energy stocks look great right now. I mean, this this might be a great – if you're not in them, this might be a great time to buy them. And then also the financials. The financials are looking really, really good, and I think they're going to still lead for the rest of this bull market, by the way. Uh, and then remember, small caps broke broke the downtrend line. Uh, you know, small caps are the cheapest I've ever seen them. I mean, some of those things just got lambasted, and, and there's a possibility that they could lead the way because there wasn't much volume on the way down. I mean – Basically what happened is a lot of market makers just stepped out of the box. And if you don't understand how the NASDAQ works, you know, if they step out, they don't have to make a market, Okay, but they're out for a month. And when you're out for a month, that makes the liquidity, you know, if you have a couple of big market makers step out, liquidity dries up. So there's no liquidity on the way down. There's good news on the way up. I think the liquidity will be, you know, be questioning, <laughs> people will be questioning how, why these things are going out five, six bucks, you know, uh, at a, at a the So, remember, uh, you get a wealth plan. You you put it together. Say, hey, here's what I want to do. Then we build a pyramid. Okay. Now, the pyramid, we didn't have bonds on it for for many years because uh, I knew there'd be a couple years where the bonds would get whacked. And, and by the way, the fact that they broke a, the yield broke a 40 year downtrend probably means they we're not going back to the zero interest rate anytime soon. Uh, you noticed I haven't talked about credit access lending lines or anything like that for a while because i think the fed's going to try to shut it down but i think the you know the bulls out of the bar- barnyard okay so uh, yeah let's take a break and we'll be right back uh this is smart investor show if you have a question the number is 216-901-0945 stay tuned
4: Listen to this station anytime, anywhere on Odyssey. Odyssey is your new audio home for all the music, news, sports, and podcasts that matter to you. Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y.
3: The straight-talking, hard-working, do-it-right plumbers at Why It Works will unclog your drain for only $93. Or it's free. What's the catch? There's never a catch with Why It Works. I'd rather starve than do business that way. We really will break up your clog and get your water flowing again for $93. Plus, we'll send a camera down the line so you can see exactly what you're dealing with. Most
4: of the time, clog busting's all you need. walla doodle back to your
3: regularly scheduled life with a 12-month no backup guarantee. If your drain line needs more, we'll explain all the options, including flexible payments and guaranteed estimates. And on the off chance clog busting can't get your drain flowing, our service call is free. You'll still get upfront pricing on solutions to your problem, but with no initial service fee. That's on us. Either we deliver on our promised clog busting, or it's free. So don't put up with half solutions or slow or clogged drains. Call why it works, and consider it done. License number 30185.
0: You're smart, you're busy, and don't have time to waste on the mainstream media cycle. Salem News Channel breaks that cycle. Topics that matter from hosts worth watching. Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. Salem News Channel, not like the other guys. Watch anytime, on any screen, free, 24-7. Find everything you need to know at snc.tv. That's snc.tv.
2: Little Paul McCartney starts the afternoon. Okay, so uh, there's something that that happened in the month of January I thought was kind of interesting, and then we'll get into the bullish percent and all that good stuff. But uh, 2023 started off with one of the most vicious laggard rallies in recent memory. Okay, now our good friends at at Dorsey Wright uh, have what they know as the relative strength spread, and usually. When the high relative strength stocks are going up in a column of X's, well, we not only – in a column of O's means all the laggards are, are winning. And the laggards just blew the, the box <laughs> box office out. You know what I mean? And they actually broke the uptrend line. So the leaders are no longer leading. It's the it's the uh, laggards that are leading. I, I don't know how long that's going to last, but we'll, we'll continue to watch that fairly closely because I think it's important. now. A couple other things I've noticed is that the VIX turned up into a column of X's, and we'll go on from there. But anyway, uh, by the way, the average return has been positive when this occurs. You know, when you have this – so what's happening is the market's broadening out, okay? And so when this this occurs, normally 74% of the time on a probability basis, after 30 days, it becomes very, very positive. So uh, the average returns like two point one percent. So that's that's very positive. So um, anyway, the bullish percent uh, was up for the week until Friday, and then it got—I uh, mean Thursday—then it got whacked, and uh, it finished the week at sixty-one point six eight. Remember, it was almost sixty-five last week. Uh, it was up four and a half percent as of Thursday, and came back. Now it would reverse at fifty-eight. So we got to watch it here. We're only three above. And then the, the small caps uh, were at 42, 41.8, and they'll reverse at 38. So you got to watch that. But they're all in a column of Xs still, so keep your fingers crossed. And the and the world index uh, was at 44, and it would reverse down to 40. So we're all in a column of Xs, but we're, we we got to be paying attention, okay? Now, one of the, the thing I've noticed is that uh, d- dynamic asset level investing, if we're looking at asset classes, International equities are still first. Cash still second. Domestic equities are number two, are number three, and, and they're all favored, okay? But domestic equities caught a lot of votes this week, all right? So they, they went up uh, four or five votes uh, for the week, and that's quite a few. And then it's commodities, fixed income, and currencies. I did notice that oil did turn the corner, okay? So we'll leave it at that. Now, here's a couple things to remember that, If you look, our friends at Dorsey Wright do all sorts of relative strength stuff. So what they did was they looked at the money market proxy versus the QQQs, and it it went to a relative strength sell signal. Isn't that interesting? So money market, which had been a place to be, is is losing relative strength compared to the QQQs or the NASDAQ composite. And the Vanguard total bond fund, if we did that against the Russell 2000, it went to a sell signal on the 2nd. All right, So that's that's fairly interesting. And then if we took the money market proxy versus the S&P 500 equal weight index, it's in a column of O's. It's not a relative strength sell signal yet, but it's in a column of O's. And then if we looked at the money market proxy versus the, the mid-cap, the Russell mid-cap, it's in a column of O's also. Hmm. So stocks are coming back. All right. Now, Just because I said that means probably they're going to pull back. And I said they're going to pull back. So our momentum is overbought. It's not really drastically overbought. So I think we'll have a bit of a pullback because that's what happens in February. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's like 70% of the time in February, there's a pullback from a strong January. But basic materials, you know, if we're looking at dynamic asset level investing, which is relative strength investing, basic materials are still number one. Financials are number two. Energy's fallen down to number three, although I did notice a lot of those stocks look pretty good on Friday, uh, or when I did my charts this morning. Industrials are number four, and consumer non cyclicals or staples have fallen from number two all the way to number five. They're all favored. Communication services, which remember only had 19 votes at the beginning of the year, now has 54, still in last place though. Real estate's second, utilities are third. Healthcare have dropped a couple points. Uh, to 130, I noticed that a lot of the drug stocks and the biotech stocks came right back to support. So we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, and then, you know, consumer cyclical technology and healthcare are basically flat. They're not, you know, utilities, real estate, and communication services are not, not favored. Uh, the, these ones are just, there's nothing to talk about. Uh, overall, energy's weakening a little bit, but it's weakening right at major support. So we'll see what happens. But financials are improving, industrials are improving. I noticed most of the layoffs are in technology. There hasn't been very many industrials, maybe with Boeing, I think was the exception. Uh, and consumer non-cyclicals, uh, have been weakening consumer discretionary have been improving. So c- consumer discretionary is retail consumer, uh, non, uh, non, or non-cyclical is staples. Okay. So, uh, Interesting. Healthcare weakened a little bit this last month, uh, and I'm not sure why. I just uh, – I, I think they, they've been weak for a long, long time, so um, we'll see what happens. I did um, – I was looking at international stocks, and uh, I, I, the fr- my friends at Dorsey Wright pointed out the Netherlands. Uh, they've seen some very consistent improvement. Uh, and I looked at all three of the different ETFs, and they all look pretty good. So um, the Netherlands uh, have, have been doing fairly well. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, most of the Netherlands is like one stock, uh, and I won't mention it, but so that's for you guys to do your own homework, uh, fixed income, you know, fixed income, there's this thing called the, uh, our friends at Dorsey, right. They look at the spread of treasury yields, uh, the TX, the TNX, which is 10 year yield uh, versus high yield. And, uh, what we've seen is they've gone into a, column of O's, which is positive for the high yield area. Uh, So high yield corporates recently, uh, you know, in in the Dorsey-Wright system went over above three, which is positive. So, uh, you know, usually uh, that means high yields have a less of a chance of blowing up. (laughs) So keep your fingers crossed. Remember, we talked about high yield, I think it was back in uh, the summer. And we said, you know, hey, the spread was almost five and a half percentage points. That's pretty good spread. And uh, maybe that's the time to buy, and, you know, we'll see what happens. But um, as far as oil is concerned, it's still on a relative strength buy signal, but it's still in a column of O's. And gold's the opposite way. Gold's on a sell signal, but it's in a column of X's. So uh, uh, fairly interesting stuff going on. I did notice that, you know, we've, we found significant support around 71, 72 area, and you have to get above 82, 83 on oil in order to really turn, uh, you know, turn the the oil situation around we'll see what happens maybe they'll finally start to actually fill the uh the, the reserves um probably won't do that till after they get elected again right uh you know i would hate to see what would happen if we uh we went to war for any particular reason that'd be a, a bummer but anyway so um i i think with our long view we have to be paying pretty close attention. Um, to a few things. And, and, you know, the, the long view, uh, in my, my humble opinion, uh, is very, very important. And I think people, you know, get so concentrated on, oh, I'm losing money in the next two weeks or three weeks that they forget that, Hey, you know, and it, the, the hare wins a couple races, but the, the tortoise normally wins, you know, in, in the long run. So, uh, Sometimes a little volatility is good. It's no fun. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes what it does is it allows you to buy great companies at a cheaper price. Okay. So in the long run, I think we're in very, very good shape as far as where are we going next? Okay. And we're at that position. uh, Rob Schlammer said it numerous times in, in his portfolio. We're at that time where I think, you know, we're seeing a lot of green shoots, as he calls them. And I'm seeing the green shoots too. I think it's very important that you understand that there is there's opportunity out there right now. All right, uh, you know, you don't have to go hog wild. Take the dividend growth portfolio, the prime income list, and start to look at things. I, you know, uh, there's a, there's a medical stock that I bought a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, it looks good. There's some uh, there's some other names out there. You know, that have pulled back, look really good, look like good entry points. Uh, so, don't get overly bearish, is what I'm trying to tell you. You know, that's, that's a way of, uh, um, you know, you're, you're. Look, the reason we talk about the bullish percent is because what it does is it, it's a discipline that makes you bullish at the bottom and makes you bearish at the top. Now, we're, you know, we were just at 64, so we've come a long way. Let the market come back to you, okay, right now, right at the moment. I don't think it's going to be a big correction, okay? But I think you know we'll we'll float back, we'll test that downtrend line. It'll be an opportunity to pick up some really good companies. Now, I kind of waited for the, the downtrend line to break because uh, after what you just saw last year, you got to kind of see the whites of their eyes, all right? So now we've seen it; it's broken. Let it pull back a little bit, and then pay close attention to what's going on. All right. Uh, make sure you're, um, you know, you're make, well, let's put this way. Use common sense here. All right. Bullish percent just was 65, pulled back to 61, may pull back to 48, 49, whatever, but use it to your advantage. Okay. We've broken the downtrend line now on the Dow Jones. The S&P 500 and the small cap index. Now we're still about five, six percent away on the Nasdaq Composite. I think the Nasdaq's going to take a little bit longer because that's where a lot of the damage was done. Remember, I I, I heard this the other day that if you took like 35 stocks out of the Nasdaq Composite, which is 3,655 stocks, it would have been down about 40 plus percent. Okay, so there was a there was some you know they they shellacked some of those names, but you remember they went up on free money. Okay, we don't have free money anymore. So now they're going to actually have to earn their way. There's some really good names in there, by the way, but you got to buy them down and they're going to have to, you have to earn your money again. Okay. So, uh, you have to show earnings, you have to show dividends and stuff like that. I did notice one of the names on our dividend growth portfolio raises dividend by 7% last week, you know, so there are people still raising their dividend folks. All right. So. Uh, actually, there was one on our energy list that not only raised the dividend, but talked about buying 25% of its stock back. So those are the type of names that I would be paying attention to right at this point. You know, make sure you know that uh, what's going on. Anyway, let's uh, let's take a break. Uh, if you have a question, 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. We'll be right back.
4: Every day we hear news about violent assaults, carjackings, and other acts of crime spiraling across the United States. Washington's answer is to confiscate your guns, but a new book from Regnery offers hope for a better solution. Professional firearms instructor and veteran gun store owner Larry Correa's new book, In Defense of the Second Amendment, pulls back the curtain on Washington's gun-grabbing agenda and how you can protect your rights as well as your family. Yet In Defense of the Second Amendment, new from Regnery, available at Amazon.com. Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz. You said if you take the shot, you will not get COVID. You said if people take the shot, they will not spread COVID. Then you said, you know, that was in some early trials, but it's 90% effective. 90% of the people won't get COVID. And then you said if you got the third booster, eh, it's going to be marginally better, but you need the fourth booster. How many boosts and how many more billions of dollars collectively over those shots is it going to take before you finally say out loud, okay, it doesn't work.
0: Weekdays at 9 a.m. on the
2: Okay, we're back, folks, and um, you know now we we talk about insiders. So what we've done is we've gone from a, you know a big big thing in the uh, uh, strategy area to economics, and then moved our way down. And uh, I, I think it's important because we we've talked about relative strength. Now, if you can get a company with good relative strength, insider buying, and you have fundamental guys that like it. And they look good on a chart. I think you're going to make money a lot faster than you would doing it some other way. I'll just leave it at that. So um, these are names that you can put down. Now, here's one that looks like, looks terrible in the relative strength area, but it's called Vera Therapeutics. And uh, Pat Enright, who's a director, bought uh, about 11, well, $12 million worth. Also, Beth Seidenberg, who's a director, bought a $1 million worth. And, and uh hold there's a couple others. I mean it's all you know, Beth bought twice, she bought another six hundred and seventy five thousand, then she bought another three hundred and thirty-four, then another three hundred and thirty two thousand, so she's gone hog wild on it. So these these people bought, you know, we're talking about uh twelve million dollars and, and four and a half million three and a half million dollars. So the stock was trading at a, a higher number, uh <laughs> it got kind of whacked, and now it's pulled back. So, you know, that's you know, when when they get beat up and the insiders step in, that's a good sign. So I leave it at that. And then Riley Financial. Uh Brian Riley, who's the you know, chairman and co CEO, uh bought again, and he bought five point four million dollars worth, and then uh Andrew Moore, who's the CEO, bought seven hundred and seventy three thousand and then Bob uh Augustino, he bought half a million. So uh there's one more. Um uh, I can't read my own handwriting. There's one more and I can't read. uh, They bought $300,000 worth. So, quite a bit of buying in in that area, too. And by the way, they've been buying it for some time now. And, you know, one of the things uh, I thought was interesting was, you know, Rocket Mortgage was 6 bucks when Jay Farner was buying it. It's up at 9 bucks now. Hmm. Uh, I wonder what's going on there, huh? Uh, So, anyway, then we have um, uh, Cortiva, which is in uh, agricultural inputs, and we had uh, the chief executive officer uh, Charlie Magro. He bought 2.2, 2.5 million dollars worth. And then uh, Tanea Therapeutics. Uh, we had the uh, director David Goodall. Uh, Goodall, I'm sorry, Goodell. <laughs> I'll get it right. Uh, it's 3.9 million, which is a pretty good little, uh, you know, chunk of change. And Legado uh, Merger Group, you know, which is a SPAC, we had a non-executive officer, Brian Pratt. He bought uh, $1.5 million. That is known as a SPAC, folks, okay, where they raise the money first and then go out and buy the company. Uh, also, uh, A1 set, which is real estate, they got pummeled. That, you know, it was $5 stock back in December is now two. And uh, the chief executive officer bought $1.1 $1. 1 million worth. Now, here's one that's interesting, the Line Medical. And uh, I bought this stock at six bucks a share back in 2007. No, uh, 2006, I think it was, and it was featured on my insider buy list. That <laughs> we had like eight insiders buy, and Joe Hogan, who's still the president, uh, was one of the big buyers. Then he just bought another million dollars worth of stock at three forty one fifty. That was a home run, folks. Uh, so there we go. And I, I, I noticed a couple other things. New York City Bank Corp. we had several buyers. Uh, you know, Ron Rosenfeld, who's a director, by the way, a very sharp guy, bought $750,000. And then one of the names, uh, Nextra Energy, which is on our prime income list, we had a director, Dave uh, Porges. He bought uh, half a million dollars worth of stock. So I, I highlight that simply because it's on our uh, uh, list. And then John Stahl, who's uh, a director also, uh, bought at $300,000. Worth. And uh, Terrell Cruz, who's the CFO, and I love when CFOs buy. You know the numbers guys; they buy. You pay attention. Uh, he bought two hundred thousand dollars worth. So uh, you know quite a few there. And then a couple of names that, uh, if I may, well, well, here I just uh, Simpress, which is an advertising agency out of uh, Ireland, uh, was forty bucks. It pulled back down to 30, 36 And and Bob Keane and Tobias. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Bob Keane, who's the CEO. He bought about $1.2 million worth. And uh, Tobias Lutke uh, bought some more coin. Okay. He's, he's bought four weeks in a row. So uh, that, that's kind of interesting. Oh, I'm sorry. Bob King bought $1.6 million worth. I keep uh, putting things below the uh, the line here. But so we're starting to see uh, some interesting stuff going on. Oh, and by the way, the CFO of Align, John Marisi, he bought $200,000. So Here's the guys that were buying at six bucks are now buying at three forty one. Hmm. Interesting. That's a that's a really really interesting one. And then there's another one that's come up on my my list. It's called Ponce Financial. It got absolutely pummeled. Went from ten to nine twenty. It's been showing up on a, on a couple scans that usually mean there's a move either way. But uh, usually when the insiders are buying, you got to pay attention. It's president CEO bought like just like one hundred forty thousand dollars worth of stock. So the question is, (laughs) where do we go from here? And I think uh, crude and natural gas should be coming near some trading lows. So if I was going to buy anything right now, that's where I'd put some money to work. I also have a couple small cap names that don't look like they're going to pull back much because the momentum was fairly oversold and starting to turn up on those. So I think small caps and mid caps are areas where uh, they may hold. Because they get absolutely creamed last year, so. Uh, but, you know, if you look at the uh, relative strength index, the RSI, uh, uh, you know, we're in very short-term overbought conditions as of last Friday. Anyway, uh, in in the uh, the oil, and and oil turned up Friday morning, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, where we go from here, and. I I just want to go over a couple things, you know, because, look, I I think it's important uh, that, you know, what we're looking at is a scenario where we've broken the downtrend line, okay? Now, we're going to come back, so don't get paranoid on the pullback. Get the dividend growth portfolio and the prime income list. And you know what? I think also a pretty good idea would be to get our all-cap growth list. Because I have a feeling that th- these are the names that people are going to be buying, especially the smaller names on that all-cap growth list. Uh, we also have a small-cap growth list too, which might be a good place to go. Uh, the- these are the stocks, you know. Remember, the laggards led. We say that again: the laggards led. That means the market is broadening out, right? That is a really good sign of a bottom. Okay. Now, like I said, bottoms are messy. So you got to remember that. Okay. But the the thing is, Powell this week was, you know, two weeks in a row now was less than aggressive. He said, we're starting to see the deflation come into play. You know, that's the case. Some of those laggards might be pretty good ideas. All right. But look, what you want to do when the market pulls back like this is use the pullback to increase the quality of your portfolio. Buy the best ideas. You know, RBC has some of the best research in the world. Use it to your advantage, okay? Buy some of the best ideas. So, look, I'll just say this again. You know, you go to WHK 1420, go to local podcast down to Smart Investor Show, goes rightfully to my, my webpage. And uh, look, uh, the dogs of the Dow are working out pretty well this year. <laughs> uh, although the, the one has a 6% dividend yield, I was very surprised. But uh, uh, so far, so good. You know, we'll see what happens. Uh, don't forget, you know, we have wealth plans that we can put together for you, even if you're not a client. So if you're a prospective client, we could uh, look, you can't go interactive on that. OK, but we can at least set it up so you understand, do you have a chance of retiring well or not? And if, if you're one of my clients, uh, you know, I've been talking about wealth plans for some time now we can do, what we can do is we can see, hey, if we spent $20,000 more a year, are we going to make it? Okay. And, uh, those are the type of things we can, you know, that's what we can do in playground and allows us to really go, you know, take a look at the future and say, Hey, you know, uh, maybe I better not do that. Or maybe, maybe I can do that. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to have breakfast with somebody, a couple of people this week where I am going to say, Hey, you can spend a little bit more money and still be okay. Okay. So, those are the type of things that we can do. It's, it's, uh, it's, you know, we're looking at probabilities. And by the way, we don't look at a straight line return, up and down all the time. Uh, anyway, dividend growth portfolio, prime income list, best ideas, small cap, all cap, you know, they're all good for you. Uh, so go to WHK1420, hit the contact, uh, uh, down to low, uh, Smart Investor Show, across to my webpage. Hit the contact me, email me. Let's Let's have coffee. In the meantime, have a great weekend. It's a beautiful day out there. Uh, And remember, buy low and sell high.
1: Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.
0: Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected
4: generals in the military.
0: Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.